0: Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, Kate and I are reviewing another one of our favorite books. Uh, It's called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, MD. It's a super short book, um, but Kate and I have gotten a lot of value from it over the last few years, and we continually
1: reread it to remind ourselves of some of the lessons. Kate, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I think this is The Go-Giver was our first book that we read as a team back Mm -hmm. on the Clayson Group. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was our second book before we all kind of went out and did our own thing. So this was the second book we read as a team, and both of those books are awesome. But Who Moved My Cheese, I think, is going to be a great book to talk about today. Um, A little different kind of book compared to some of the other ones you guys might have read out there or some of the other ones we've read even personally, but I kind of like the style. It's more of like a story style. It book. is.
0: It's super easy read, too. I, yes. Although I read a lot of books, I listen to them on audio. Mm-hmm. I really... I struggle sometimes with, with staying focused during a book. This book is super easy. One, the audiobook's only about 30 minutes long. Um, and two... The story is is somewhat simple and interesting to a point that like you know it's pretty easy to listen to
1: yeah they they dumb it down to uh elementary level to everybody can understand what's going on but it has a lot of complexity too
0: like if you think about it yeah so just briefly the idea of who moved my cheese it's a book about change change and so it's told in the story of like a, a tiny world where it's like a little maze and there's only four characters that we hear about, but there's other people in it. And uh, it starts by describing two mice named Sniff and Scurry, and two humans, little tiny humans named him and Haw.. Mm-hmm. So obviously Sniff and Scurry kind of have uh, names that describe their own skills, right? So Sniff is really good at smelling out, you know the cheese uh in the corridors and and scurries a fast mice or a mouse that runs ahead
1: um to find it right yeah, and him and haw they're little humans right they're kind they're all in this one maze, and they're at the, at least in the beginning of the book and uh, until you know the changing point they're pretty similar, they kinda use their logic reasoning to kind of go out and in search of the cheese right right? so we've got our two mice characters we've got our two little human characters and both groups throughout the book spend their time looking for cheese in the maze and cheese is kind of like it's different for each group right absolutely so for like the mice
0: cheese is literally just food food (laughs) and they use They just use trial and error
1: to find food. So they
0: run down a corridor, they come back, they try
1: it again. Yep. You got Sniff sniffing it out, Scurry's running. They're both running back and forth in search of their food. Right. For him and Ha, though, the cheese is uh, kind of symbolism for success, for happiness, right? Right. Security. Yeah. Security. And the cool thing about this book, you know, the cheese to the reader or. The cheese to the listener is kind of up to your own interpretation, right? Which makes it, I think, even cooler of a read for people because each, everybody's going to interpret it their own way. Right. And so the idea is that each day,
0: both groups just wake up and they go to search for the cheese. Mm Kind of talks about like, kind of like the rat race, right? So, like, we wake up every day and we go to work. For them, their work is actually finding the cheese and you know, racing along this maze to get, you know, to find it. And it talks about how the maze has corridors that are scary and there's dead ends and there's tons of different like distractions, right? Yeah. But eventually in the story, both groups are running along and they find Cheese Station C, which has this abundance of cheese and it's like a cheese mountain, right? And and the mice get there first because they're faster. Yeah. And start digging in the humans, make it there
1: too. And everybody's happy, right? Yep, skiff and scurry, uh, sniff and scurry. They're eating away, doing their thing. Um, well, it talked real quick because they
0: talked about something specific. They actually like inspect all the cheese and then they start digging in.
1: That's right. So they sniff and scurry. They're on the look for if the cheese starts to get moldy. They're on the look for um, you know anything that might be wrong with the cheese, and then they start digging in. Right, but they are very conscious of the cheese how. It is how much of it is left. They're very conscious of the cheese. Yeah, right. Him and Haw, on the other hand, they come across this big mountain of cheese, and they're like, "Holy crap! This is we made made it. it. This we made it. This is awesome." So him and Haw, they go out. They kind of transform their whole lifestyle they they move closer to cheese station c in their little maze yeah um each and every day they wake up they're going to cheese station They wake up a little later each day too yep and they're going to grub on the cheese and hang out at cheese station c and they kick back their feet and think shoot we've made it we've got this mountain of cheese and everything's good yeah
0: and uh you know it's interesting because They talk about having the cheese makes you feel happy, right? And so they're like, oh, we feel great. And human nature, especially when you start finding some level of, like, comfort or success, is to kind of just feel like it's permanent. And Sniff and Scurry every morning would wake up, and they would wake up early, just like they would when they didn't have the cheese. They would sprint to the cheese station, see. They would do their inspection and check to see if it's depleting or just like you said, if it's getting old or moldy or whatever. So that way they could kind of see, okay, where are we at? And then they would sit down and eat. And -hmm. later in the day, the humans would kind of just wake up and Hem and Haw would waddle over there and and sit down and lounge in their cheese. And, And from there, you know, the story gets a little interesting.
1: Yeah. So sniff and scurry, they start to realize that the cheese is almost gone. Like they've been here for a while. They've been eating their cheese. Um, staying conscious and aware of their situation. And they, they come to a realization like this cheese is going to run out We're we're going to have to figure something out. And So then one day it does. And then one day it does, you know, uh, scurry throws on, uh, his little rat running shoes and sniff goes out sniffing out for some more cheese and they go out into the maze in search of another cheese station, another cheese stash.
0: Right. That day, they get there, and early in the morning, the cheese is gone. They immediately know that the sim- there's a simple solution to a simple problem. They just put back on their running shoes. They went back into the maze, and they just kept doing what they had always done. Yep. But yeah, Hemp and Ha, because they wake up late, <laughs> get to Cheese Station C later in the day, yep. find out there's no cheese. And their reaction is much different than the rodent instinct of sniff and scurry. Yeah. Theirs, him just starts screaming, who moved my cheese? Yeah. Over and Someone over had and stolen over.
1: stolen it. It's gone. Somebody had taken it. Right. Throw, throwing themselves into a huge fit.
0: Right. And so they end up going the whole day with no cheese, and they're just in, like, this state of denial. Yeah. Right? And so... They're sitting there trying to figure out, you know, did they move the cheese to this corner or this corner? And But ultimately, they don't find any cheese. And they ended up kind of moping back to their house and deciding, okay, well, tomorrow we'll go back to Cheese Station C.
1: Yeah. And days and days go by. They're getting, you know, more hungry. They're, you know, they're kind of same thing. They're lethargic. They're kind of down. And they're like really unsure what to do and they kind of talk themselves into um, at least him is like oh you know they'll bring the cheese back the cheese will come back don't worry the cheese will come back days and, and days go by same thing Paul no was a little
0: bit less decided that the yes. cheese
1: was just going to be reappeared
0: yes but they come up with this idea that well we'll work hard and that will, that will achieve our cheese so instead of going into the maze they ended up like burrowing a hole into the wall to see if they move the cheese into the wall. Yeah. And after laboring all day, they find no no cheese cheese in the wall. Yeah. And it was, you know, that's kind of a metaphor for activity versus productivity. And you and I talk about that a lot on our podcast, Mm -hmm. but
1: at the end of the day, that activity was the wrong activity and it bore them no cheese. And him being the one who, is more in denial, kind of throwing more of the fit between the two. Um, he's the one who's really too scared to leave where they are, right? right? So his kind of thought and his mindset is, you know, well, the maze is scary. What what if we never find cheese again? You know, the, the cheese will come back. Just, just wait. It's too scary in the maze. You know, there, there's not even going to be any cheese in the maze. Yeah. So... Him, out of the two, is really the one who's most reluctant, uh, most naive in the sense that he's expecting the cheese to come back. Uh, Ha, on the other hand, kind of finds himself sitting there one day, and and he's kind of laughing at himself, right? And he goes, you know, he thinks to himself, you know, what would you do if you weren't afraid?
0: He actually... It's interesting because in this story, they talk about he scratches it on the wall, mm-hmm. and when he decides, he laughed at himself, right? So he too was scared at the start, but eventually he's laughing at himself, saying like, "Dude, we're just waiting for the cheese to reappear. It's never gonna reappear," and Haw is saying it's going to re or, hem is him hem yeah. is saying it's going to reappear, and Haw says, "Well, I'm gonna go out into the maze." And all of a sudden, he builds up all this courage, and it's immediately taken away by him reminding him, well, what if you go out in the maze and there's no cheese? And ta- and scares him, right? And we, mm-hmm. we all can relate to that. And so, in response to being told, you know, it's too scary to go out there, he wrote, he scratches on the wall. What would I do if I weren't afraid? And so, he puts on his running shoes and goes out
1: into the maze by himself. And... The rest of the story along the way is kind of Haw's journey of going back into the maze, right? So Sniff and Scurry, they end up finding another kind of stash of cheese. Uh, I believe it was at Cheese Station N or M. And, you know, so they find their next stash. And uh, eventually Haw, after, you know, along the way until he eventually finds that same cheese station with Sniff and Scurry... He's kind of etching these lessons learned along the wall while he's lonely and afraid going through this maze in search of new cheese. And these are kind of the main points and the main takeaways of the book. So we talked about he wrote that first thing on the wall.
0: He writes these on the wall, too, because he really wants him to come with him. That's right. And he's trying to leave like a path of motivation and direction on how to get to where the Cheese Station is, uh-huh. knowing that he doesn't know where he's going yet. Yeah. It's an interesting
1: concept. So let's talk about some of the stuff he etches in the wall along the way. Let's. Can we start with having the
0: cheese makes you happy? Yeah. Because that's the first one that the author goes out of his way to like reference. Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of skipped over a little bit in the story.
1: What did you take from that? So having the cheese makes you happy the cheese for me in that etching in the wall is a culmination of you know one success in my professional life right but also personally with my relations relationships with friends with family with my significant other and being happy with all those pieces and everything kind of being in harmony, right. With, with my cheese and feeling good and feeling happy about myself. Yeah. That that's what I take from that first, you know, etching in the wall from ha.
0: And so it's interesting to me. What I got from it was that the first time that they go out into the maze, they're not scared. It's to them. It's like, well, this is what you do to find cheese. Mm -hmm. Once they found the cheese, That saying to me kind of signified, okay, like some kind of complacency in a way. Like, oh, having the cheese makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And to me, I know that a lot of people find happiness with having success and all that. Not to say that that's not good. But sometimes when we feel that success, it leads to like, oh, now we feel like
1: we're, you know, immovable. It's like we're always going to have this. Well, and that's an interest, interesting point. Let's talk about that real quick because we were having a conversation. I don't remember. I think it was with Corbin when we had him back on the podcast. It was before we started. The three of us were sitting down. And we were talking about, or at least you were telling him, about your year last year. Yeah. Right? Your your total volume and sales. Uh, had a great year with selling yeah. real estate and investments. And you were like, I mean, dude, that... I had a great year. I, my lifestyle was awesome last year. You know, I could kind of pull the reins back a little bit, not put too much effort into building more business from that. And you know, it could mm-hmm. be good like that, but we're right. not wired
0: that way. W- reminding ourselves of books like this is what keeps you kind of moving though. Yeah. Cause we were talking and and we were saying like, okay, we, well we've each found like a little bit of success and, There's something to be said that when you find that first, you know, hit of cheese, Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you kind of think to yourself, well, I could stay here. This is pretty nice. Why go back out and work so hard? You know, I don't need more cheese. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. But when I saw that, I thought, okay, there's probably a lot of people that we know personally who are in this stage. Having the cheese feels good. Yeah. Later in the story, it talks about finding the cheese. But in this situation, the author really pulls forward the thought that only the humans had which was having cheese makes you feel good
1: yeah and that leads us into the next one which says he he etches this along the wall because when haw first starts in the maze remember he's lonely and afraid he's by himself he has no idea what he's getting himself into when he starts in the maze and he etches along the way when you stop being afraid You feel good. You skipped one. Where are we at? Ah, that's right. What would you do if you weren't? Because that's what even allows him to get to To get to that one. That's right. What would you do if you weren't afraid? It's a
0: huge turning point in the story.
1: Because not only is he asking that to himself, but like you said, he's etching that for in hopes when him feels the courage to make that jump. To give him that boost and to be like, shoot, let's go go in this maze and let's go get this done. Let's go get some more cheese.
0: Well, so you and I both come from families that have more traditional education, traditional jobs. I know that when I got in the business, I had people kind of saying, well, aren't you scared to go on commission only? Aren't you scared to start a business? What if you don't make it? I, to this day, still hear people say that to me. Well, what happens if the market turns? It's the same statement that Hem makes to Ha, which is, well, it's scary out there. What yeah. if you don't find the cheese? And it it was interesting to see his response. I would have never thought of this question, but it's, you know, what would you do if you weren't afraid?
1: Yeah. And to me, that reminds me of when something similar, when people say, um, when people pose the same question, like what? aren't you afraid to do this? Or aren't you afraid your business would fail or do X, Y, Z. And you get the people who say, well, at least I know I did everything in my power to go out there and do my very best and fail that way instead of never knowing and never making the jump in the beginning anyway. Right. So I went out there and I did my very best and it wasn't because I didn't do my very best and put in my entire effort. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's the fear of striving, right? So Mm -hmm. like, especially, you know, if you're an investor and you're listening to this podcast, when you go to buy your first property, there's going to be fear. When you go to do your first flip, there's going to be fear. When you have your first, uh, you know, loss, when you make your first, you know, Mm -hmm. bad investment, there's going to be fear. And continuing to remind yourself that like, you have to make the decision as if you weren't afraid. And you know that you can solve these problems, you know, and, and it's interesting because once he reads that, he actually takes the action and just goes into the maze. Because yeah. he knows that there's more cheese out in the maze, or there's a better chance of finding cheese out in the maze than staying in Cheese Station C waiting for the cheese to come
1: back. To, ma- to magically reappear. Which leads us to the one I jumped the gun on, which was <laughs> when you stop being afraid, you feel good. Um, At least speaking from... Personal experience, at least in my business, it can. And for those of you out there, I know we've talked to a ton of people. Whether you're out there full time job looking, you know, to get started in real estate, or you're out there, you're young and you know you're looking to go this route instead of maybe a traditional route or work a nine to five. Right. And I, we've been there. We we know it's scary, right? It, it is really. Scary. It's nerve wracking. Uh, it's stressful, but this one when you stop being afraid, you feel good it in my experience when and it's a huge mindset shift right it doesn't happen overnight right it's skills and mentors and coworkers and friends right. who kind of bring you up. but when you stop being afraid and you're like i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna do this shit you're you feel at I feel better in that mindset when I go out there and I'm just, I'm going to do it no right. matter what, I'm going to go out there and do it. I'm not going to stress. I'm not going right. to trip out. I'm not going to be scared and we're going to go get it done.
0: Yeah. You and I always talk about trying to operate from the abundance mindset, right? Oh, and that's the whole point of an abundance mindset is to remind yourself that there's ample opportunity and there's no reason to be scared about whether or not you're going to make it. And, and yeah, like you said, you know, once he got into the maze and he overcame his fear of, well, what if I don't find the cheese? And he started thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to find the cheese. I don't know when. He starts finding that he's moving faster. You know, when he got back into the maze, it talks about how slow he is because he hasn't been hmm. doing it. Yeah. And I think this is an interesting thought, but that there's people like us who have been in the business for a few years. And we can both admit that we're caught in some similar routines that we've been doing for years now. Well, imagine if we're the guys right now, we're both him sitting in... Cheese station C, and there's a way for us to get out of there and get back into the maze, but we don't want to do it because we're comfortable. You know, we're too scared about well, we have the cheese. What if we don't find the cheese, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. To me, it was it took like for me personally, it took me getting a job in the restaurant business on top of my current job in order to remove some of the fear because our business when we talk about it in this perspective is very much monetarily based. And when I knew that my like my my mandatory bills were going to be paid, I was able to operate from like not out of fear that I need to make this money to pay my bills. It was I want to make this money so that I can leave my other job. Absolutely. And I experienced that literally within the month of getting that job, my business ticked up and took off and then I was able to like Keep operating, not as much out of fear and more out of excitement that I'm going to find the cheese. Mm-hmm. And I notice that when I fall back into that fear, you know, oh, what if I don't? You know, I even I can be honest and admit that I've even had it recently where I think, well, man, I'm I have a lot of money going out and not a lot of money coming in this month. I notice that my mindset just kind of I see it start ticking back towards fear, and I have to actively bring it back
1: and remind myself what would I do if I wasn't afraid and with and it leads us into our next one which relates back to our story when you know Sniff and Scurry they start to notice Cheese Station C kind of dwindling uh getting a little moldy and it's the sooner you let go of old cheese the sooner you find new cheese so how do you interpret that not not only in the story, but at least, like you were just saying, how does that kind of lead to, at least for you, I'm curious. Well, I want to say, too, in the story, what, what he
0: found was only a few little scraps of leftover cheese from somebody else, mm-hmm. and he was so excited about the few scraps of cheese that he had never seen before, and it was so delicious that he thought to himself, well, if I had just left Cheese Station C sooner, I could have eaten all of this cheese or had more of it, and so... To me, it it kind of strikes me as like the people who sit on the sideline out of fear. Once they do jump, often they jump too late and they don't, you know, they don't get as much as they could have had they operated from a sense of, of excitement. Obviously, you have to think about what you're doing. But like to me, you know, the later you jump into it, the less you get. I can see that in the investing world. I was doing so well as a as a realtor. I didn't devote nearly as much time to my investments. And now that I'm spending a lot of time on investments, I think to myself, yeah, I made pretty good money. I could have made five times that if I jumped sooner.
1: That's exactly the example I was going to bring up, which was at the end of last year and beginning of this year for the two of us, you more so a little more than me having at least experience with investment deals done Multiple investment deals. Like you said, successful year being an agent, right? But kind of our old cheese, right? But we made the decision to kind of shift and invest in some marketing in our investment business. And we brought somebody onto our team. Yeah. And we dedicated a lot of our time. Yeah. A lot of that. We reworked our entire CRM. We reworked everything. Exactly. So it's little things like that to where now when even now we're starting to see the investment into the investment business for us start to kind of see, you know, future stuff that the fruits of our label, labor start to slowly but surely pop up. So that's the example I pull from that. Kind of letting go of that old cheese and then because exactly like you said, the sooner you could have let go of that old cheese, the sooner you would have found the new cheese.
0: Yeah. And I think to me it also applies to other markets and other other parts of my life. So I was thinking about it. You know, I'm I'm very uh, invested into the real estate world, but I have no money in the stock market. And the only reason I don't have money in the stock market is because of my own fear of putting money in and losing. And I need to continue to remind myself that I tell people every day, you got to operate out of abundance because real estate does work. But here I am being a hypocrite as always and not (laughs) investing myself into another market. And so it's interesting because it applies to a ton of different aspects of your life.
1: Yeah. And talking about, uh this new cheese right building off of that last uh you know etch in the wall is imagining your new cheese helps you find it
0: this is a hard one dude
1: yeah this and is
0: this is i think where everybody could improve everybody
1: a- absolutely and everybody uh you know we've been coached on it we've heard it from everybody we know that it works It is just like you said, one of the hardest things, not only to kind of shift your mindset into doing, but to actually actually implement, be consistent with and, you know, have that positive self-talk and self-image and, you know, visualizing you going in having that new cheese. He was talking in the book and Haw is saying that, you know, now that
0: he's had a taste of this cheese, he can taste, you know, he can see himself. At this new cheese station Surrounded by all of these delicious cheeses And how when he gets there He's going to enjoy that cheese And that by imagining And seeing very vividly That cheese he feels pulled to go In certain directions that lead him Closer to the cheese And we've had other people talk to us about it I, I've i always been Very skeptical About visualization And stuff like that It feels very very Like um, kind of like smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. It feels kind of like guru-y. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, another way of thinking about it is like every day I wake up and I write my goals and I write affirmations and I write gratitude. Well, I'm just visualizing. I'm allowing my brain to see this is what I tell myself every day, what I'm going to do. So I already do it. I just laugh because it's very hard to think. Just thinking about the cheese will get you closer.
1: Yeah. And this is a whole topic that we can have a guest and and do a whole episode on. One of the best guys we know at this talking about it and coaching people on it is obviously uh one of our mentors, Jason Pritchard. And a funny example that uh he was telling us that I'll share real quick. So for those of you out there and who in this was my initial thinking, right? And you were saying kind of smoke and mirrorish what why why am i gonna sit here and you know imagine myself do it what what am i even supposed to think of what right. how do i even do it? it it's all bs what whatever but one example i remember him giving us was for the longest time he's told us that he wants a g-wagon yes right so i remember him telling me that and it was the mid last year, when I kind of needed that mindset shift to get back into gear, he was like, Dude, I would literally sit there during my meditation and vis- visualization, and I would imagine myself going down to the Mercedes dealership, down to what clothing I was wearing, the watch I was wearing, how I was feeling. He would imagine himself opening the G Wagon door at the dealership, getting into the G Wagon what the leather felt like, what the interior would look like, how his hand felt on the steering wheel, how he felt in that moment, and driving that G-Wagon off the lot. Right? Which, when you think about it, is like... What what does that do? Like, very, what, it The concept, like you were saying, is just... it feels- very hard to grasp and a very hard tool to sharpen and hone in, but once you do... It, we know that it's a very powerful tool. Look, I,
0: am, I do a lot of things. I do not understand how they work. I do not understand how cell phones work. <laughs> I do not understand how my truck works. What I understand is that the people that I watch who practice visualization consistently over a long period of time do the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. This book reaffirms that if you can visualize the cheese... And see yourself in that cheese, tasting the cheese, smelling the cheese, feeling the cheese. You will get closer to the cheese. I I can't explain it any better than that. Um, Coming from a religious sense, obviously our podcast is fairly non-religious. But you and I are both Christian. I am Catholic. Uh, I believe that in the Bible it says, ask and you shall receive. Yep. And I, I see visual, visualization aligns with asking. If you know exactly what you want and you ask for it in the sense that you sit there and you think, this is me in that moment doing the thing I want, you will be given the opportunities to achieve what you would like if it's within your path, right? And Absolutely. And most of us, I'm going to say everybody, uh, has the opportunity to have some feeling of success or happiness as it is for them as part of their path or else they wouldn't be attracted to it. So I don't know. It's a, That's a very hard one. The only way you can visualize too, and I just experienced it this morning when you left, I was doing my morning routine in here. You have to let go of the fear of whatever your fear is, right? So the fear of losing the cheese or whatever. And so I was writing down my goals And I was visualizing my goals. And i the weirdest thing ever, I could actually feel my whole body like relax when I saw, okay, if I hit my goal, I don't have to worry about if I find the cheese. I will have more cheese than I could ever spend, right? It's just very interesting
1: because it has a physical effect if you can change your mindset. Yeah. And the next one that we see, Ha... etch in has to do a little bit with you know the old cheese and being aware of your situation and stuff like sniff and scurry were originally at at, uh, cheese station c and that is smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old which to me at first was a little bit of a harder one just to kind of understand at the beginning, right? So we know Sniff and Scurry over at Cheese Station C, they were constantly inspecting the cheese, checking it for mold, you know, being very aware of their surroundings and the cheese. Now, for smelling the cheese often so you know when it's getting old, I take that as not being aware enough to you know if you are finding yourself being complacent and falling into a trap of not really being aware and uh, of your situation and yeah motivated enough to go find new cheese when you know your current cheese is starting to get a little old and only you know that yes no one nobody else can tell you when when it's time yeah so how has that affected you for me, at least on a daily basis, right. And not just on a daily basis, but uh, also in our monthly end of the month meetings where it's like, we, we look back on our month as a whole. And I think it's a little bit easier to look in the macro sense, right? Because mm-hmm. on the micro sense, you know, going through the day I can find myself, you know, maybe in like a little rut, like, what am I doing? You know, I spent some of the day, you know, feeling down, not really sure what's going on. Don't know what, what's going on next. And it's like, how am I going to take that, you know, old cheese or old cheese mindset? How am I going to shift that and be like, look, that can't be getting stuck myself in a situation like that or a mindset like that. Right. And knowing that, Hey, it, it's time to leave that old mindset behind. It's time to leave those old feelings behind and go out there and get stuff done and yeah. have the new cheese. Yeah. For me, at least. Do you feel something similar or yeah. interpret it a little different way? I've I read it and kind of saw it as like
0: just keeping, keeping tabs on on yourself at all times so we have a lot of ways of checking how much money we have how our business is operating things like that what what i've always found this to be the most important for is like my personal life you know i've always found it very difficult to think okay like how do i check how i feel you know day on day week on week year on year just personally and so for me um smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old I've implemented it in the sense of like meditation. Um, so like 15 minutes in the morning, I'll just be completely frank. it's I'm not consistent on it. It's not something I have succeeded at doing every day the way I have more so with my goal writing and everything. But um, being able to evaluate and be aware, you know, am I feeling like I'm slowing down? Do I feel like, I am burning out. Do I feel like I could be doing more, right? So figuring out kind of how I feel there, its to me, that was a huge part of it. And Sniff and Scurry did it instinctually, right? They oh, yeah. inspected the cheese and they they could tell what was coming down the pike. And mm-hmm. so when, when the time came that it ran out, they weren't surprised. They put on their shoes and ran. By not inspecting it, Hem and Haw allowed themselves to get caught off guard. And if you aren't expecting change, that's the only way you'll be surprised. The one consistent thing in life is change. So, you know, that's kind of how I've expected it or um how how I've implemented it. It's it's this is probably a lot harder for me than any of the other things. Um just because keeping tabs of everything is kind of hard, you know, unless you journal it, write it down things like yeah. that. Um and again, the whole point of this is that By keeping track, you can predict a little bit about what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And the last one we've got on here that Haw etches into the wall in our story, uh, which is an interesting one and I'm excited for us to go over, is move to the new cheese and enjoy it. Now, we bring up Jason a lot in our examples because he he is obviously – been in our similar space and has gotten coaching and XYZ, and obviously relayed that coaching and mentorship onto us. And we can't tell you what to do, we can only relay our advice. And a piece of advice that I remember receiving from Jason and Benny both, and that I saw Jason just post about on his Instagram the other week was one of his biggest regrets along the way in real estate, when he was stacking a bunch of rentals in the beginning and going out and grinding was that he didn't enjoy any of the fruits of his labor in the beginning. So when he's out there going and getting this new cheese, these new rental properties, building his business, he was not enjoying the fruits of his labor at all, which to me is, you know, treating yourself to, a vacation or whatever it is, enjoying the cheese in the process as you're going along. Right. Yeah, and not that's a really big key and not just, you know, not being aware of your new cheese and not enjoying it. while you have it right. And yeah. you're just constant. If in, in relation to this book, if we are sniffer scurry, we're him and ha, if we find the cheese, right. But this huge stash of cheese but you're always on you just go straight into the maze and keep going out and looking for other stations of cheese you're not enjoying the big stash of current cheese you just found
0: yeah I it it was a hard one for me to interpret in the sense that you know it's a balancing game but yeah that was my my conclusion was that why spend your life in the maze looking for the cheese if you find it enjoy some of the cheese Mm -hmm. and I don't disagree. Once you find the cheese, you can, you know, enjoy it and then kind of branch back out and look around. You know where the cheese is now. You can come back to the cheese, look for more, you know, and uh, the book talks a lot about too, uh, that hard just like finds that his enjoyment comes from actually finding the cheese, like looking for it. And for us, especially if you're an investor, 90% of your job is actually looking for the opportunities, Mm -hmm. at least in our stage. I bet that there's other, you know, developers and stuff that are in different stages, but you know, if you're looking to wholesale and flip and, and buy and sell real estate and purchase your properties and your rentals, most of your time is spent actually just looking for it. And you need to be happy in that process. Otherwise you're going to spend all of your life upset just to be happy for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, it's, We, we always make fun of people in a nine to five, like, Oh, you know, you hate your week so much that, you know, you rush through five days of your week to enjoy two of them. If, if we're doing the same thing, like we don't enjoy it and we Mm -hmm. can't get out of the fear and we can't get out of the missing our old cheese and all that. Like we're the same position. You know, if you don't enjoy the process and you don't
1: enjoy some of the cheese when you find it, like you're never going to be happy. Yeah. And some people will take that and they'll tell you, well, No, you got to go out and you got to grind and you got to put in the work and you can reward yourself at the end, right? And oftentimes, the people who do that are also very successful, right? Yeah. Now, are they happy? Are they unhappy? Ask them. Ask them. I mean, I've got an assumption of what most of them are, but again, we can't tell you guys what to do, but I would agree in the sense that there's got to be some sort of balance, right? You're not going to get complacent with your new cheese and just stop going right. out and looking for new cheese. But me personally, I also don't want it to be the opposite. When I get new cheese, I don't want to be constantly always out devoting a hundred percent time, resources, money into not enjoying any of the new cheese I may have just found or just earned, right? Yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be a balance, and the balance is gonna be up to you.
0: And a lot of lessons that he that Hall learns throughout this is he's learning as he's eating cheese that he's found along the way. Yeah, and it's not enough cheese to sustain him like a cheese station, but crumbs. And yeah, so crumbs from sniff and scurry. Right, <laughs> and so you know when you're out there and you 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 know you make a big sale or you do whatever, obviously that most of that money needs to go towards other things, mm-hmm. but don't be afraid to give yourself a little bit of that and you know your brain will change when you don't feel like you can, like you're limiting yourself yeah and so you know if that means give yourself a payroll you know or like a, a pay raise or give yourself a bonus or like you said go on a vacation whatever your brain whatever you know you like the most some people like time off some people like like goods. Some people like donating it, whatever, whatever your thing is. Yeah. It's important. Like if you're, if you want to be successful, expect the change, move with the change and be happy about change. Like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're in a a world where things are always changing
1: and maybe, you know, a compromise for people out there who, you know, don't really want to do the balance and, and what I've heard people will do which is I think a very good way to go about it is you know say there is something you want right in this example let's uh, let's just use a G wagon let's use a car in this example right now you're out constantly looking for new cheese let's use this example in order for me to reward myself with that I'm gonna go out and buy 15 rentals So I won't reward myself with that until I go out and I find this new cheese and I buy 15 more rentals and then I can reward myself with that car either because, you know, your cash flow from your rentals are paying for it or as of uh, like a reward for yourself for putting in the work and going out and buying 15 rentals, maybe having, you know, a goal like that, that is new cheese or new goal driven, but also able to kind of reward yourself and give the fruits of your labor back a little bit. Maybe that's a good balance for
0: people out there. You don't want to roll around uh, in the dirt while you're working so hard and never get any benefits. Right. Yeah. But yeah, man, it seemed like this was, this is a really, really good book to have on your bookshelf. Um, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool, uh, in the shed, but I know that this book was really easy to understand. And, uh, you know, it's a good refresher. If like you said, it's only a hundred pages. It's going thir- listen to it. It's in thirty a 30 minutes. minute audio book. And it's a good reminder when you get kind of stuck in a lull. Um, you know, what would I do if I wasn't afraid, you know, search for the new cheese. It's, it's a, it's a fun process.
1: Yeah. I think books, especially for those of you who have a hard time reading or even listening to a traditional book where you can get very distracted very easily. It's not very, uh, relatable or it's hard for you to keep track having this little story with sniff and scurry and him and hot at least for me when i was reading it made it less bookish when i was reading it right which uh is a good thing for people out there who have a hard time reading or listening um you know to self-development books or stuff that might be a little more um you know straightforward and direct than some non-fiction stuff right Yeah. yeah so we're gonna link the amazon link for this book down in the podcast description you guys are going to be able to find it there we're also going to include it in our book list we're going to include this episode uh in our book playlist over on youtube so this is going to be the cover who moved my cheese by spencer johnson thank you guys for tuning in to this month's book review podcast thank you